Welcome, bowlers, to 2015 and the first episode of this year of Talking Bowls, brought to you by Three Little Ducks in the Bell Reef Quay. Uh, there's been a lot of bowls that's taken place over the last month since our last episode. And the main thing has been the state championships for the Open. Also, the juniors had their state championships. We'll get to that uh, towards the end of the episode. And uh, to talk about the state championships, we're going to lead off the episode uh, with an interview with uh, Chris Lee, who's a uh, Bowls Taz board member. He's been on the show before. And uh, welcome to the show, Chris Lee. Thanks, Dave. Pleasure to be here. Uh, now, Chris, first of all, we might talk about the Bowls more than the, the Bowls Taz perspective. But uh, one of the main things you'd have to say from the week was uh, Beck Van Ash to win all three titles is a, a pretty amazing achievement. Oh, absolutely, Dave. Um, Beck played some tremendous bowls. I, I really think it's the best I've seen Beck bowl for a couple of years. I've seen a fair bit of the Laney bowls over the last few years, and she's really back into some, into some top form. Hopefully, this leads her to, to uh, getting back into the back into the mix of the Australian teams. It was interesting, I was reading today that uh, Kelsey Cottrell's made herself unavailable for some of the Australian selections, so hopefully there is a, an opening there for, for Beck to push her way back in. I think the World Championships are, are coming up again soon, and Beck herself being a, a defending champion. And uh, like you said, I think from her results, probably suggests that her, her sectional play was some of her tougher matches, because once she got out of the section, it didn't even look like she was going to lose. She just played unbelievably well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, look, I agree with that. I saw a few of her games and she just really back to controlling her bowls and just playing really, really confident bowls, whether she was up or down, just drawing some fantastic shots. And I think I even heard her say she wasn't actually feeling 100%. So uh, if she's playing that well while she uh, was dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug, I think that could be scary for some of the ladies uh, for any other competition she has to play. But it's great to see her... Um, I think it was with Erin uh, Sassara as the first time Bex won the pairs. They won the pairs together and also going uh, back to back with uh, Kimmy Saunders in the four. So it's great to see those players playing well too. Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, on, on the back of that, uh, yeah, good to see them now all being recognised and being picked in the, in the state squad, which followed the, um, the state championship. So it's a fantastic reward for all of those. Yeah, it was great to see those players uh, getting selected in the, in the women's side. Now, uh, looking at the men's competition, um, the year of the Douse, the uh, the three Douse brothers taking out the fours with their dad, Heck, uh, Tim and David combining to win the pairs, uh, not bad for, for one family to take out the, the two titles all on their own. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't there for the fours final and uh, followed it on the uh, social media outlet, Facebook. And it was so exciting just sitting there watching the reports come in and from all accounts, Heck just put in one hell of a final. Well, uh, thanks for bringing up that finalist. I still uh, having nightmares <laughs> about it. But uh, for those that don't know, I was down, I was uh, playing that game and uh, yeah, Heck was, uh, Heck played amazingly well. Um, uh, all, four of, all four of them really did. I was, I was really impressed with the way Greg and Tim worked together. I know I've played three for Tim in the state side and sometimes he likes to play some different shots but I think Greg and Tim really worked well together. They know each other's the game, they knew when to say no and when to say yes and they just played so well together. Yeah, it's a great story isn't it really? Like for the four of them to go through and for any family and we have a lot of families bowling in the in the Bowls Tasmanian 
paternity, and uh, I think you know, if any family of four out there, it'd be a great honour to go through and win a state title. And it was interesting because Heck has uh, has won a lot of uh, coastal titles. Coastal titles, I think, is is he eighty? Was it either seventy eight or eighty? I think it might have been just over eighty. Heck is, and he's won a lot of coastal titles. This is actually his first state title, and I can imagine to win, not only win your first state title, but to have your your three boys with you. Um, it was David's first state title. It was uh, Tim's eighth and Greg's ninth. Um, what what an it just it's. I think it's great for our sport. You, you're 80 years old and you can still win a state title. And it wasn't like he got carried along. He was amazing in the semi-final against Peter Bannister and he was amazing in the final against Mikey Sims. Uh, isn't it great? It is the, one, you know, the uniqueness of our sport and one of the things that really just does stands out. It, it, it's a sport for all ages. Um, as we've seen recently with some uh, some very young players playing Premier League pennant and... Uh, and at the other end of the spectrum, heck, winning a uh, state title, which is fantastic. And then, not to be outdone, David and Tim uh, lit it up in, in the pairs as well. So David went from having no state titles to, uh, in the space of three days, he had two state titles to his name. And, and Tim probably, uh, he might have given Greg a little phone call and said, uh, I'm on 9-2 now, Greg, as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the final event being the, the men's singles won by a previous winner, uh, David Mins, um, had pretty much played some amazing bowls. He, he didn't have the easiest run of, of the draw. There were some sections of the draw were pretty easy, but he had to go through Lockie Sims, who's won the Northern Triples, Robbie McMullen, whose record speaks for itself. He played Brad Gibson, who's won the State Bowl of the Year. He defeated myself, who was the defending champion. He defeated Mikey Sims, who'd beaten Lee Strainer and, and um, is a champion bowler. And then uh, Sam Springer, who'd, who'd been playing some great bowls to get to the final. So it's not like David Pins fell over the line. They were six tough matches to win a singles title. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And there was some crunching matches in there too. Like I think three of them were 25, 24. Certainly two, but I think there was a, a third one in there as well. So... Yeah. And I think the, the run of Sam Springer needs to be mentioned as well. Not only did he, he win his uh, six matches, but in his first two rounds, he was down 24-18 in both matches and won 25-24. And that, to me, shows how much of the game is also between your head because a lot of players, when they get to 24-18, when they're in front, they almost turn off because they think they've won, which happened might have happened in this case. But some players, when they're down 24-18, they turn off as well and think, oh, it's, it's pretty much over. But Sam really fought back to win those and then defeated the likes of uh, Aaron Page and he had another good, uh, Cameron Tegg as well. So it's, he he had a great a great week to make it to the final. Oh, look, there's no doubt there. And uh, anyone that makes a state final, obviously, has played very well. And uh, Look, I don't know previous years, David, but this year was an exceptionally strong field. Yeah, it, was, it really was a, a tough one and, and full credit to David Mins. So let's let's put on your, your Bowls Tasmania hat. Uh, were you pleased with this week? So for the bowlers that didn't make the trip up, there was a lot of changes that happened uh, this year. Um, the, the draw was done very much so you knew when you were playing, which game on which day. If you didn't qualify for the singles, pairs and fours, there were satellite events, which meant you could go off to other greens and, and play for prize money and, and not have to put any more 
uh, entry money over the lines. People could go and play. And there are a few other changes made. So Bolster has really tried to make the event more professional. So I'm interested if Chris was were you happy with how the how the week went? Uh, David, from the board's perspective we were we were stoked really. Um, how it how it finished up. Um, yeah we we really looked at the way the, the championships have been panning out over the last few years and we did a, a, a um, gathered all the all the entry fees and everything for the past ten years and it had been slowly declining. Um, you know, certainly down nearly 25% over the last 10 years. And we set ourselves a target, um, a really stretched target, to increase numbers by 20% on last year. And, yep. and we achieved it. Um, yeah, and, and a whole host of things that we that we looked and thought, geez, how do we improve this? And you, know, you just mentioned a, a couple of them, but we brought the men and the women's together. Yep. Previously, they've been segregated. So what's, um, what was some of the, ben- the benefits of doing that? Um, trying to get uh, couples and families to go away. We know that we've got a lot of, of both uh, young, middle-aged and, and older couples out there bowling together um, and to go away in the state championship. People were telling us, oh, no, my husband goes and my wife goes, but, but I don't go. Yeah. Um, but, but being able to go as a family, being able to go as clubs, um, yeah, certainly from the south, we had a, a large contingent go from, from Howard together, families, partners, actually went away as a group and did a whole whole host of the Dover people. So yep. it really was a winner. Yeah, and what were some of the other things as well you were talking? Um, a, a couple of the other things, just moving away from the traditional, you know, um, hot-cooked meal at lunchtime, yep. um, which which players had fed back, you know, one held-up play that everyone had to stop and had to wait and you had to be waiting for lunch to be cooked and all of those sorts of things. And, yep. uh, and gave people greater variety that they could grab a snack or they could have a big meal or they could do whatever they like. So we thought that was a bit of a winner as well, but certainly just getting the numbers there was our, was our greatest thing. I definitely think the, the food was a was a great thing. I know it's been one of my bugbears is that you were forced to pay $10 for a meal that for someone like me who's a, a fussy eater wouldn't eat anyway, whereas when you're at North Launceston, it's almost like you went into a fish and chip shop that had not and not that quality more the more I'm talking more about the options. You could say, well, there's this, 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 or this, or this. Um, Kings Meadows, they had a barbecue option, or you had your salad roll option, and, and Trevallon had some had different roles. Well, I thought that was I thought it was really beneficial and, and added to the experience. I'm interested to hear your take on the on the satellite series. How was that? I know someone like myself. I was actually. I actually came home instead to help out with my family. But so, what was the feedback from the bowler? Did you get a lot of entries into those events? Yeah, look, that was really good. Probably um, in the mid range of what we expected. Um, we had set ourselves up to take a maximum of um, uh, twenty-eight teams each day, and we sort of got an average of around four teams, so probably about half of half of our maximum. Yep. Um, we had a lot of players that played. I think there was the final count was 96 individual players played over the three days. Pretty good. Of which I think there's around maybe 25 or 30 that played all three. So, you know, and there was a bit of a mixture there. So some people were able to play. Some people played post-sectional one of those days. Obviously couldn't play all three. Yep. But as a, as a first cast and as a... As the aim was to try and keep people engaged for the week, um, be able to plan and go away and book accommodation for seven days, knowing that there was bowls available for seven days. Um, all of those um, the aims that we had were met, I think. And look, 
well, proof will be in the pudding. Hopefully, we will run the same concept next year, and now now people understand what it, what it is. And yeah, and we thought that we offered some pretty reasonable prize money. So hopefully, as the as the year rolls on and people talk about it a bit more next year, we'll, um, uh, it'll be an even better success. Now, and one of the things I feel with the satellite events was there a little bit of a mystery to it. I don't think people maybe totally grasped the concept. And now they've seen it happen and seen what the case was, I think you may have more of an interest next year for those bowlers that really want to say, well, let's go away for the, the week and, and bowl. Yeah, it was, it was hard to get it out there. You know, um, advertising wise, we've really only got social media and, uh, and the Bowls Test website that we could really advertise um, what was on offer. Yep. Um, so we. success but a couple of the the negative things um the quality of the the Trevallon green was probably a little bit disappointing i think Trevallon themselves are probably a bit a little bit disappointed so is there a, a process a process there is about why that was chosen sectional play. I, I, I totally understand why it went that way because they wanted to be able to really allocate when games were being played. Is that that's probably the main emphasis for why there was only fifteen ends per sectional? Yep. Um, as well as the state. 
state events, obviously, but it's all been geared around, I guess, what is best for bowls. And look, it is difficult. I know we're mixing tradition versus moving forward, and you know, people really don't want to be involved for three weeks for a regional event or, um, yeah, look at all the other sports going to smaller format, shorter format. So, look, it is something, and the feedback's definitely been, been taken from those that, that played in those post sectionals. And I'm sure that the um, conditions of, of, of playing match committee that, that represent the regions will get together and, re, and review it. Well, but, yeah. One of the benefits, though, Dave, was it really did allow us to schedule the way we did and, yeah. um, and it was great that on the Monday night the boards was finished we were able to get three games that the post-sectional all done on that on that um, Monday and then the Tuesday we got the quarterfinals uh, sorry the last 16 quarterfinals and semi-finals of the pairs played which would have been very difficult had they, had they all been longer format games yeah especially with players uh, being in the fours and pairs with the, the dousers now um, just <laughs> Just while I've got you here, so the state side for both the men and the women has been announced, well, the state squad, sorry, the squad of 16, I believe, was, was named. So those guys now will have a specialised uh, training camp before the um, squad selected to, to uh, play against uh, the side championships. Yeah, so congratulations to the 16 men, the 16 women that have uh, worked their way forward. We've, um, once again, we had a bit of a re revamped structure this year and... Um, you know, certainly took in state championships uh, events as well as we've had the event for the ACT and Nick series. So it's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think we've got two great squads, both the men and, and the women. And as you say, there's uh, two more opportunities for those squad of 16. There is a um, selection trial day um, on the Sunday of the Australia Long Weekend up at North Launceston. And then a fortnight after that is the last round of the Veolia statewide challenge. So um, the the twelve that will be chosen to represent Tasmania over in Perth this year at the Australian Sides Championship will be announced after that the last round of the Olive Statewide Champs. Yep. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll go from there. So the sixteen is there now, and uh, yeah, that'll be cut back to twelve in about a month's time. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your for your time, Chris. I know you're a, you're a busy man, and uh, great to see the uh, Bolts Tasmania just trying to make the sport. Uh, more professional and hopefully we'll we'll hear more uh, of uh, other plans and we'll have you on the show later on in the year. Dave, really appreciate the opportunity and uh, really like to thank you for all the work that you do in promoting bowls, particularly here in the South, but obviously taking the state view as you have. Uh, it is, it, it, it's great to see so many people out there supporting and, and also just like I just to thank all of those people that, that get on Facebook and Bowles has updates and puts scores and updates, just even the juniors this week. Yeah, it's and been it's great. been great uh, to see all of those results coming through. It's fantastic. All, all the people that contribute to that site, is uh, it's just great for the Bowls community. And I know there's a lot of uh, ex-Tassie bowlers on the mainland that also follow along to, to see what's going on too. So it's really great that uh, just that vibe in, in the Facebook group for providing results. Yeah. So thank you and thank you everybody else. No worries. Thanks again. It was great to be able to have Chris on board to give some of the uh, points of view from the Boltas board. Uh, the interview did go a little bit longer than I expected, so what I might do now is just quickly run through the state junior titles that were also held uh, this month in the second week of January. And what I might do is hold off on some of the Southern Pennant uh, information 
until uh, next week and we'll have a look at how the teams are going. But in the, the state juniors, it was um, really good to see so many players from around the state winning. Uh, early on in the competition, it looks like the Northwest was going to, to dominate, but the, the South and the North also uh, picked up some, some great awards as well. Uh, so in the boys singles, Mitchell Banks beat Lockie Sims. 8-0 down, Mitchell was, and uh, managed to come back and win. So well done to Mitchell. Uh, Michaela Fuller was victorious in the girls singles. Now the boys and the girls, as they usually do, had a, a three-end playoff uh, for the right to play with Steve Glasson in the Penguin pairs. And Michaela actually defeated Mitchell. So the girls got the uh, upper hand for the second year in a row. However, it's a little bit of a shame Michaela... Uh, can't make it to Penguin for the Penguin pair, so Mitchell is going to play uh, with Steve Glasson in the in the pairs. So good luck to those guys. Now in the uh, pairs and fours, in the pairs it was uh, Josh Appleyard and Julian Brown taking out the title there. So they did a, a great job to win um, that title. In the girls pairs, it was another Michaela, Michaela Gibson and Georgie Walker, who were victorious. And then uh, in the fours, um, the girls, some of these girls, apart from uh, Lauren, won their second title with Georgie Walker, Lauren Banks, Michaela Gibson, and Michaela Fua taking out the title. And in the boys' results, just trying to get them to hand at the moment, in the fours for the boys, it was uh, Noah Laid, Julian Brown taking out his second title, Lockie Sims and Josh Appleyard, who also walks away with two titles. So it was a um, great effort from all the juniors. Uh, it was good to see the organising committee take on some ideas, especially when it comes to the sections of three, so that all players got to play two matches. I think it's also great to see that once the weather was looked like it wasn't going to be any good and we had a lot of rain last night, they moved the singles final to the Kingborough Indoor Centre, so thanks to, thanks to Kingborough for, for doing that. But uh, a big thank you to all the officials from the, the junior titles, the open titles. Thanks to all those people who mark. Thanks to all the umpires. Uh, thanks to all the catering people. A lot of those people were volunteers for catering and bar staff. I think everyone should be really proud of the, the job that they did to make the two weeks a, a, just a special experience. Uh, I will finish with uh, one thing from uh, Southern Bowls, and that was the Southern Pairs final was held on Sunday. And in a really closely fought affair, it was uh, Lee Schreiner uh, winning his third title of the, the season. Um, now adds the pairs to his fours and triples. And partnered with Shane Young, and I actually believe, although Shane's been playing bowls for a long time, this is his first Southern title. So well done to Shane winning his first title. Um, now they defeated Darren Monks and Keegan Booth in, we can't get much closer, it was all tied after the after the last end. Keegan and Darren had a decent lead to start the game, but uh, actually found themselves three behind playing the last end and picked up that three. Um, and it would be uh, Shane and Lee who would win on the extra end. It also means that Lee's now uh, won the, or not only won the fours, pairs and triples, but he also holds the singles from last year. So and what I've coined, I've seen Lee use the same term as Serena Slam, where he's one he actually holds all four titles. He's going to try and make the Grand Slam when uh, the singles takes place in February this month. So thanks to everyone for listening to the episode. Once again, thanks to Three Little Ducks in the Dorage Key. As I said before, we'll have a bit more of a focus on uh, Southern Pennant. And also, I wouldn't mind doing a bit of a 
a preview of the penguin pairs as that comes uh, closer as well. Uh, keep an eye out. There's some Australia Day tournaments going on. I think Rosny and Dover both have Australia Day tournaments being played. I know Beltana's got their um, Regatta Day Carnival on as well for those people not playing in the statewide pennant. Um, so if you want to play some bowls, get out there and play, and uh, hopefully you get some get some close to the jack. Cheers. Oh, wait on, wait on, wait on. I've gotten ahead of myself. <laughs> Last Saturday in Pennant, we had 11-year-old Isaac Morn make his debut for the Glenorchy Rodman Bowls Club. Now, not only was Isaac making his debut, he was playing in the same Premier Division side as his dad, Ricky, and his granddad, Jeff. Now, that's a pretty amazing achievement. It's only Isaac's, uh, I think it was his 12th game of Pennant. This was his first year of Bowls. He's into the Premier Division. Uh, it was only for one week while Josh Baker was, was absent, but he uh, had an opportunity, and I tell you what, he played on the ring next to me, and he played very well. And this will finish. Uh, I've got an interview with Isaac and Ricky, and I cross my fingers that it transfers from my phone to the laptop because uh, although Isaac doesn't say a lot, I think it's a, a pretty good interview with one of our uh, future superstars of the game. So cheers. And just want to welcome to Talking Bowls uh, not only Isaac Morn, who has made his uh, Premier League debut today, but also his dad, Ricky Morn. So welcome, Isaac. Hello. <laughs> and to uh, uh, dad, Ricky, you must be very proud of uh, Isaac today. Oh, extremely proud. Now, Isaac, how long have you been playing bowls for? This is my first year. And how old are you at the moment? Eleven. And so you must be feeling, you must be proud of yourself just to be able to play, to be picked to play in the Premier Division in your, your first year of bowls? Yep. And, and how did you find it today? Uh, good. What was, the, what was the best part? Was it playing with your dad? Was it just playing with uh, your, your friends? What did you enjoy about it today? Playing in the highest division with people that I'm really good friends with. That's great. And uh, for those people that didn't see the game, uh, Isaac played very well. I thought there were a couple of times I saw you corrected very well. Is that something you practice, like if you drop short, trying to make sure you, you improve on your second bowl? Yes. Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, uh, Ricky, you must be uh, as pleased as punch. Like I know I'd love to be able to play with, with my dad, to be able to play with your son in the top division and your dad as well in the team. must be uh, a fantastic experience. Yeah, it's a real real thrill. Um, it sort of grows another leg when you get to play with your son, you know, you can't describe it, it's a, it's a great feeling, it's brought us closer as a family, and uh, yeah, it's good to see him do really well. It's, uh, it's great, and uh, also you've, this week you've got the, the state junior championships coming up, are you looking forward to playing in that? Yes. And uh, what do you think, do you have you played singles and pairs before, or is this going to be one of the, the first times you've played those disciplines? I've played pairs before, but this is my first time playing singles. Excellent. So, uh, Ricky, how do you think he's going to go? You've you got any tips for him on uh, how best to play singles against the other juniors? Uh, no, not really. Um, it's just an experience for him. He's obviously um, got to play against probably more experienced players, but it'll be a good experience for him. You know, win, lose, or draw, he'll he'll uh, he'll learn from that experience, and uh, hopefully, he gets better and better. And won't be long. He'll be bet. Um, well, he's probably better than me now, so. <laughs> That's not hard. So, yeah, no, it should, should, be go, should go all right. 
But it must also be a good feeling to, to be a part of a club that's giving the juniors a chance. I know on this program before we've spoken about Adam Taylor missing out on Claremont early, but for Isaac to be given the chance not only to be playing bowls, to be playing at the highest level, must be, you must be proud of your, your club to, to take that path. Oh, extremely. Um, Lee Shrain has been absolutely awesome for Isaac and, and everyone at the club. He's, a, he's an exceptional coach, uh, very knowledgeable and, you know, as you know, he's a fantastic player. Um, Cam to give Isaac a go. He's been fantastic for him too. Um, no, the club's been really, really awesome um, with the juniors and they give them all a go. So, yeah, I couldn't ask for much more. No, it's great to see. And uh, Isaac, hopefully uh, you get a couple more games up, up in the top. I think you might give the selector some headaches with the way you, you played today. It's going to be hard to put you back in the lower team, but uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks. Cheers, and thanks, Ricky. Thanks.